Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Side Hustles and Stuff Podcast, episode 43. My name is Yuri, and I'm joined by Keishi. Hey, Yuri. How are you today? I'm doing okay. How about you? I'm pretty good. I just ordered a few packs of Pokemon cards as a, as a Monday evening gift for myself. Is this a regular Monday evening gift thing that you do every week? No, I was just looking around a bit, and um, I saw that they were selling on, you know, Mercari, the Japanese like um, eBay kind of site. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I noticed they were selling 25th anniversary packs. Um, it's the 25th anniversary of Pokemon this year. And, uh, uh, yeah. And there's been a couple of different sets released in the United States. I think um, McDonald's released one and um, General Mills, I guess the, it's, it's cereals or something, I guess, right? Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so, so they released a set as well. So I ordered a few packs of each. Do you expect any uh, holographic ones to be in there? Yeah, I, I think there's one in each pack probably, but I, I think I'm going to keep most of the packs unopened. And, okay. And just, are, you, are you trying to flip them and sell them? Um not necessarily now, but uh, yeah, I was thinking actually the other day that um, like once you open them, they're open, but but with the sealed ones, they're still like a I guess the moment kind of sealed inside the pack, right? It's like you, you see people opening packs from twenty years ago, and like it brings back those memories, the nostalgia of twenty years ago, and I think that's something you don't get if you just buy the individual card. I think a lot of it is in the excitement of opening the pack. The pack. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, so I was just like, okay, I, I might as well keep a few closed. Or, or, or unopened, sealed. Um, for how much future. was this? Oh, sorry. How much was this? I think it was like 50 or 60 bucks worth. I ordered a few of each. So I guess we can expect a hefty ROI just in case there's like a uh, holographic Charizard in there. <laughs> What's the best one nowadays? I don't know. I think it really depends on the set. I, I, I've been mostly buying them just for, for the fun of it. It's like I, I buy a few packs every now and then. And it's, it's fun opening them and seeing what you get. It's, it's like a cheap form of gambling i guess <laughs> it reminds me of um those crate box or loot box services that are out there what is that well i guess maybe not, i'm not using the right phrase for it uh for example i think one service there's like J- japan candy or something where someone from the outside uh can subscribe to the service and they'll get a crate of some random japanese candies and i don't think it it's limited to candies i, I think there are other services for other uh Stuff like Japanese teas and soups and snacks, whatever. Oh, cool. And basically get some random stuff. Yeah. It has that element of surprise because you oh, yeah. never know what's going to be in there. Oh, yeah. Like like a mystery box. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think I had a friend do uh, a similar service, but for gacha, those little toys inside the vending, not the vending machines, whatever they're called, where you pop yeah. it in a quarter or 100 yen and you get like a little bubble plastic thingy with a toy inside. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, I used to buy those when I was a kid. You'd bring that back too. <laughs> you, you can't have too many of these hobbies because like like with Pokemon cards or anything like that, it's essentially whoever spends the most money has the quote-unquote best collection. And I think once you start spending money on it, there's like unlimited amount of money you can spend. So I'm, I'm yeah. just kind of taking it light and just buying a few packs every now and then and kind of just in, enjoying the moment rather than trying to, to get the chase card or to, or, or to build a collection that's worth a lot of money or anything. Yeah, so it's a very light form of gambling. Yeah, it's, it's like a, yeah, you, you, I, I think you have to have something you kind of spend money on just for the sake of spending money and, and for enjoyment. And, and I think it's one of those things. In my case, it's snacks. Yeah, and at least with Pokemon cards, you don't get weight, right? Yeah, <laughs> well, but you can't taste them either. <laughs> Unless you live in the United States and you buy the General Mills with the actual packs of cereals, in which case, or, or with the McDonald's Happy Meals. <laughs> and you could just slip it in between the burger buns and bite into it. 
yeah in in my case i just bought the packs of cars without without the food so that's good yeah well to each his own you know (laughs) all right speaking of snacks and stuff what about drinks what do you got going on today I, I think this is a candidate for the drink of the show over the last however many weeks, however many dozens of weeks we've done for, and that is Ikasumi Cider, which I guess translates to um, to Squid Ink Cider. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so um, you got Squid Ink Cider. That, that's what it says on the cover. Um, I, I was up in Tohoku in, in the region that was damaged by the by the tsunami a decade mm-hmm. ago. I was there for, for a playground build with, with the MPO that I'm, that I'm helping and, and working with. And um, yeah, I, I was looking for something local to, to get for this show because as you know, I tried to get something from Kyoto the other week, but I couldn't find anything unique to the area. Mm-hmm. But, but when I saw this, I was like, okay, I got to get it. I, I'm not even sure I want to try this, but I, I got to get it. <laughs> so you haven't had a chance to try this yet because I really want to ask, does it taste what it sounds like? No, let, let, let's try it now. All right. It, it smells like, pretty much smells like Coca-Cola, I guess. Let's see how it tastes. It definitely is more black than Coca-Cola, I think. And I'm going to try it now. Okay. Tastes, tastes like soda. It has this weird, not sweet, not sour, nothing. Kind of no taste aftertaste, if, if that makes sense. But, no uh, taste aftertaste. That's but, the, that would be a great line for any alcohol drink. <laughs> it's a great benefit no taste aftertaste <laughs> but yeah the the drink itself i, I don't know so it's, it's a soda it's it's not too sweet but um but it's still kind of sweet and um yeah as i mentioned before when we we're talking on the back of the cover it says um it includes um what do you call it like um, grape sugar and then the the squidding is actually mentioned just as a colorant so, so i'm not sure to what extent it really affects the the taste okay but it certainly is a nice gimmick if nothing else <laughs> nice so it does not taste like squid but it looks like squid ink right yeah it kind of looks like squid ink and the cover is pretty nice and interestingly actually it's not from Kesenuma or from Miyagi which is where I went but it's from even further north um, from Aomori it says Hachinohe which is which is an Aomori prefecture yeah all right that sounds good yeah so how about you what are you drinking today I am drinking something called Lamola <laughs> by, our, by our friends Mitsuya Cider. You know, we've been bringing onto the podcast every now and then. Yeah. It's, uh, again, it's carbonated. I just wonder, why is everything carbonated? Yeah, it's a good question. I think there's a bigger variety of soda than, than of regular drinks. At, at the end of the day, we go with regular drinks. It's usually some sort of juice. Yeah. Whereas with soda, it's it's a bunch of um, non-natural things anyway. So, so they can create <laughs> a wide variety, I guess. Yeah. This one is a uh, lemon and lime. Dare I say, it tastes a lot like Sprite. I don't remember what Sprite tastes like, by the way. Yeah, it sounds about right. I think I think Sprite's like a, a lemon soda sort of thing, and and I, I think there was also a, a lime Sprite for for a while. Yeah, I can definitely taste the lime because like lemon would be sour, and this one this one tastes a bit friendlier. So, if that makes sense. So I'd say it's pretty close to our friends at Sprite. All right. Um, what are we talking about today? Well, uh, we've just finished up the month of March 2021. And you know what that means. I know. It means it's my birthday soon. <laughs> yeah. It also means that we can reflect on the month before and see what funny products people bought on Amazon. That's a good idea. Um, you want to start with yours? I, I've got three picked for, for this. All right. Well, just a quick recap of 
someone listening to this and wondering what in the world we're talking about. If you're doing Amazon affiliates and essentially if you're Amazon affiliate marketing or their program, if you're promoting products on their site, uh, if someone goes and buys via your link, you will also get credit for anything else that they buy that's unrelated to whatever it is that you're promoting. So if you're promoting dog food on your dog blog and someone buys that dog food and then they decide, huh, I really need a back scratcher. So they buy a back scratcher and that'll show up as a something that you referred. So it's always interesting to go through reports and see what exactly people buy that you didn't promote, but they wanted to anyway. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think it's fun looking at it every now and then. And um, sometimes there's funny things. Sometimes there's scary things, I guess. Um, adult things. Yeah. Adult things. Um, yeah. All, all, all sorts of stuff that's unrelated to, to what either um, you or I or any other affiliate marketing, um, Amazon affiliate marketing person sells. So um, yeah. So, so that's, that's the gist of it. Um, do you want to jump in and, and go to your products? All right. I got, well, I'll pick a few. Uh, I don't have anything extra crazy this month, unfortunately. Uh, I just pick whatever is interesting or uh, like crazy, or I would probably buy myself. And the first thing that I would probably buy myself is someone bought how to read a book. It's a book called How to Read a Book, The Classic Guide to Intelligent Reading. And it's been published in 1972. And for that reason, I feel like if it's been published in 1972... And people are still buying it today. It sounds like there is some value to it. So yeah, it sounds like it. Next up, I have a Pikachu cosplay Vulpix cape cloak stuffed Pikachu plush toy for children. <laughs> if you're wondering why I said so many words just now, um, we we're just talking about this beforehand. Amazon titles are very, uh, what's the word? Keyword loaded, right? Yeah, we, we talked about SEO the last time and, and the bad practices of just stuffing keywords. I think on Amazon, it still works to some extent. At least yeah. judging from the product titles that I see every now and then. And, and they just stick whatever is, you know, whatever is relevant to the keyword. <laughs> like uh, this next product. Well, I guess I'll mention someone bought a hammock. Hammocks are nice. And uh, this is a very long title. Ready? Bring it on, Eminem. One Tiger's Hideout Hammock, Underquilt, Full-Length, Lightweight, Four-Season Hammock, Gear, Underquilt for Hammock, Camping, Hiking, Backpacking, Travel, Beach, Backyard, Patio, Portable. All right. I have no idea what you just said, but it sounded cool. <laughs> yeah. And the last one, someone bought a giant octagon wooden sandbox. Uh, the title is much more shorter, thank God. But yeah, it's a, it's a it's amazing what you can find on on this website. Yeah, nice sandboxes are nice. Um, yeah, so um, for for me, nothing too crazy either. But um, I have one cucumber green conventional. <laughs> one so, cucumber green conventional. So somebody bought a cucumber, and this is what always amazes me. It's like the world is so so interconnected now. It's like we can be sitting here in Tokyo, or, or I can be sitting here in Tokyo, creating a website that people all over the world read and make. Well, in this case, it's just a few cents, I guess. But but make money when people buy their groceries in the United States. It's like yeah, I think that's unbelievable. It's, it's both crazy and cool and, and and a bit scary, I guess. So you're making money off of someone's cucumber right now. Well, the fact that someone bought a cucumber. Yeah, it's, it just sense, but I think it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's one. I think the same person also bought lemons, probably, because I, I saw some lemons in my list as well and, and a bunch of other groceries. Um, the second thing is, um, I guess we were talking about cockroaches the other day when we were talking about different niches. Um, somebody bought Catchmaster 72 Max Pest Trap, a 36-pack, so it's, it's either a guy that does this professionally <laughs> or somebody that's got real serious pest problems <laughs> with his house. I shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's funny because you said a lot that's a lot of traps yeah it's a lot of traps um yeah apparently it has glue and peanut butter scent and 
and the mouse glue boards come with Catchmaster signature high quality. So I hope this person solves his problem or her problem or his or her customer's problems. Um, it's, it's a lot of mouse traps. And the last one is um, Fun World glitter easter egg decorating kit oh so that, that's, a, that's a fun product i guess it's it's easter now um and we were just talking or i was just mentioning that my traffic seemed to have um dropped significantly over the last couple of days at first i was worried that um that it was some sort of um google algorithm update or something mm -hmm. but look, looking at the at the google rankings in, in my ranking tracker it, there didn't seem to be any big negative movement and also the traffic seemed to be back towards what it was today. So um, I, I figured it's probably because of Easter. Um, and, and then I did some Googling and some people are saying their traffic is lower for Easter. So, so, so I feel a bit better now. I would be pretty surprised to hear that uh, holidays impact online traffic. I would imagine weekends, yeah. But like, I will, then again, I can't speak much for Easter because I don't know what happens on Easter aside from hunting for Easter eggs. But I, I don't know, like... I would think whoever is sitting on a computer, they're still going to be sitting on a computer or they have their smartphone open while people are out Easter egg hunting. But, you know, then again, but it's still very interesting to watch how Internet traffic fluctuates with uh, uh, real life. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think one of the things is that um, a lot of Internet traffic is like people at work being bored or, or not having something to do or, or not wanting to do work and searching stuff on the internet mm. versus maybe when it's holidays, they're more likely to watch a movie or, or um, play a game or something. I don't know. But but I know that a lot of traffic comes from people that, that sit at work um, pretending to be doing work, but actually trying to solve their problems on Google that are unrelated to that work. How do you know this? I was reading about it. No. <laughs> All right. Because, well, it's, it's funny you say that. Um, people like people rest up during the holidays because uh, in, in the sense of, say, not like Christmas or Thanksgiving, those usually are very big sales um, seasons. Yeah. But I guess that that might not be the case with Easter. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how, how we celebrate Easter in America. But. We will leave that for next episode because this episode is our monthly goal recap setting episode. It's the episode where we take a look at what we did last month, our misses, our fails, our successes, and, and just in, in the sense of goals and uh, what we're going to do for April. And again, the reason why we talk about this stuff is because the more you talk about your goals with someone, the more likely you to be held accountable. I'm not saying you should go and blast it on your social media because uh, that's not exactly talking to, every, to anyone, but I think it just <laughs> really helps to uh, hash things out and make them clear what so that's why we talk about them yeah and i i think even like um even if you set the goals and, and you don't hit all of them probably just going through the exercise um it's like you shoot for the stars and you hit the moon or whatever the saying is um so, so even if you don't hit all of them it's still probably likely that you make more progress than you than you would have in the first place if you if you didn't even think about these things or... exactly so uh you want to start it off Sure. So um, I, I guess let's go first over our progress in, in March and, and how it compares to the to the goals we set out in, in the previous um, goals episode a few weeks back. Um, so I, it, it seems like I, I set five goals back then. Um, one was internal linking for my two small websites um, and basic branding for my two small websites. Mm -hmm. I can um, confidently proclaim that I hit, didn't hit either of those, um, but I hit all three of the the other ones, which was one was start looking for a new writer. So so this was more of a lucky um, thing, I guess, because one of the writers that I used to work with in the past, and, and I really liked working with him, um, he had some changes in his um, career and so on, and so he couldn't write anymore for, for me. But then he reached out to me a few weeks back saying that he's available again. And if I, if I was looking for more writers, I was like, oh, great timing. I was just about to 
to post a post on Upwork. So um, hmm. without having to post on Upwork, I'm back to free riders. And, um, and, and, and that's good. That's, that's one of the things I was um, really hoping to achieve because this way I, I feel more um, comfortable because now I know that even if something happens to one of them, um, whether they, they decide to change their career or whatever, um, I still have two. And it, 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 that's always better than just falling back to one or, or to zero. Yeah. So that, so that you can kind of keep the, the pace of publishing, which kind of also leads me to the second goal that I had, which was continue consistently posting nine times a week across my um, three sites, across the three content sites that I kind of actively grow right now. Um, mm-hmm. that, that one I hit, I think. Um, again, thanks to all, thanks to the writers and, and the great job they're doing. And, and, um, and the last one was, to publish one article on Can Aviation on my aviation blog, and I also did that. So, um, oh, yeah. what was the article about? Uh, it was about my flight from from London to Tokyo on, on ANA's business class, which was okay. pretty nice. Um, yeah, so, so I guess I'm three out of five, which is better than fifty percent. So yeah. What about your personal blog? Yeah, that thing's been on on hold for quite a while now, <laughs> but I, I should I should start at least putting some more articles out. Is it just like a nice to have kind of goal? Yeah, at this point it's nice to have because I'm, I'm I'm busy enough with client work and with, with my three um, three sets that I'm trying to grow plus um, plus another set that I'll I'll be starting that I'll talk about more when we go to the actual April goals. Oh, that's right. I'm, I've been kind of thinking about a new site too, but like I'm already doing one that I started back in October, so I shouldn't split my uh, focus. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's always tough, right? Because it, if if you start a new site, you're kind of splitting your focus. But at the same time, the older the site gets, the more authority it has. So the sooner you start, the more advantageous it is. If you're going to start the site anyways, at, at some point. Yeah. So I think it's always hard to kind of try to balance those two. Yeah. It's, uh, well, it's, uh, I think that, that applies to all goals in life. The sooner you start, the better. Yeah, but I don't think it applies to all of them to, to this extent where it's like, with, I, I don't know, if you want to start an agency, let's say. Like you can work harder on your sales and kind of make up for that. If you if you want to start, I don't know, whatever kind of business, you can always kind of make up for that. But with, with SEO, th- there's the time period which you really can make up for. Although then again, thinking about it, I guess you can buy a, a site that already exists or, or something like that yeah. and, and skip that period. But but if you want to start from scratch, then like th- there's really no skipping that initial period where no traffic comes just because Google doesn't care about you yet. Yeah. All right. Well, so yeah. How about you? Um, did you hit your goals last month? Or yeah, well, last month. Well, I didn't promise much, did I? Uh, I have my usual four posts on my main websites and two posts for the new one that I started in October. Yeah. So for the main one, I think I have actually five. Wait, yeah, three. Wait, four or five. Yeah. So like, but one of them is on is an update uh, on an article that I did back in like 2015 or 2016. I didn't realize I had a duplicate. I, I was requesting duplicate content from my writer. So once I got it and I sort of searched around my site, I realized I already had something for it. So I just decided to just update the copy, yeah. update the content. So I did that. I have th- I think three, three new articles on my new one. I already posted one for April. Um, so I hit those. Uh, I do my daily walks, but that's nice to have. Nice. Uh, let's see. Closely linked topics. I actually did that. Uh, I mentioned to you earlier. Basically, the whole, the whole point is like if you're creating content and you're requesting someone to write it or you're writing it yourself, um, there's more SEO value in having an interlinking or creating internal links for other content on your site. That yeah. way, once Google starts crawling it, they'll see that X is related to Y and Y is related to Z. And that just improves, I, I think. You can you can uh, probably confirm this better or explain this better, but I think it improves your ranking. Yeah, I think if you have clusters of content that's related to each other, mm-hmm. it's, it's better than if you have like 
a bunch of articles scattered across the whole universe of your of your niche because it just tells Google, you know, more about the topic and kind of makes your site more relevant for, for those keywords, for the related keywords. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, right. I, I think it's, it's a good approach. I think. All right. Okay. So I kind of hit that. Um, so it's three out of three hit. And then the nice to haves on the Udemy stuff, I think I didn't do much. On the t-shirt stuff, I have two designs and I, I think... I definitely slacked there. So far, I haven't made any sales. And looking at the analytics, I'm pretty sure no one's found it. So I'm going to have to update the article, update yeah. the page where the t-shirts are promoted and see if I could bump them up to the top. And maybe someone will get some eyeballs there and maybe come up with a few more designs on my own. Yeah. So uh, also, I've been reading Ramit Safi's I Will Teach You To Be Rich. Oh, nice. This past month. Any takeaways? Any actionable steps you're you're planning to take out of that? Yeah. Well, yeah. It's like, uh, well, I skipped. Like, I'm, I'm picking and choosing chapters right now. Yeah. The way his book is structured is like, like every chapter is a topic. So I just go off of whichever. It's not like it's like a linear form novel that you have to read from page one until page one ninety nine in that order. Yeah. So I think I was reading on uh, why investment isn't just for rich people, and also why money managers or investment managers are always mostly wrong. And the, well, one takeaway is like start a target fund or oh, not start a target fund, but invest into it. Oh, you mean like a target date fund, like twenty fifty five, whatever. Yeah. Like like the year you plan to retire. Yeah. And focus on these funds rather than picking and choosing random stocks, because at that point you're, you're pretty much speculating and pick on some, you know, pick something that is uh, distributed quite well in terms of risk, like across various industries. So, yeah, I think a simple, relatively passive strategy like that's good for, for most people. And it's pretty much what I follow too. Um, I, I still buy some individual stocks here in Japan, but it's more yeah. like a more like an alternative to playing poker and and, uh, and and just investing in some stuff still still for the long term uh, but um but I, I expect most of my returns to just be from for more of the passive investing hmm. which is also the majority of the stuff the one kind of daunting not daunting the depressing thing about um reading about this stuff is you know when we say it's better if you started earlier on pretty much all things i i think that also applies to investments like if you started investing like in your 20s or earlier you know you'd have the strength of time and compound compounding interest on your side yeah exactly and it's, it's just something that you can't as hard as you f- try and fight it's something you'll never gain back it's like lost time like you you can't go back in time just you can't regain whatever you lost by investing later yeah, that, that also means that today is the best start. If you haven't started investing into your future yet, um, I, I think whether it's like 50 bucks a month, 100 bucks a month, 1,000 bucks a month, whatever you can set aside, Yeah, if you can invest a portion of that, it's good. Yeah, so it's uh, that's kind of like on my to-do list. I also made a spreadsheet. Uh, my own personal goals that I have a I have a task sheet that I do at work. I think I talked about it before, where yeah. I keep my weekly tasks and my short term like that I stuff that I have to do now. Or that I have to like knock at or um, chisel at every day. Yeah. So it's like having both one, the short term and two, the long term or the medium term goals right up in front. And so, I mean, it's worked really well. Like I I have no issue sticking with it. It's just I never applied it to my own personal goals. Yeah. So um, I I added that like, you know, invest, get a target date fund and pick something to just buy and start, you know, adding money to it every month. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
I, I don't know if you plan to stay in Japan or not, but I think because you live in Japan, you, you can either do NISA, which is like a, it's a post-tax income, but but you're not taxed on the earnings for for five years, I think. Hmm. Or you can do and, and there's I think up to up to one point two million, so up to about ten thousand or twelve thousand dollars a year. And you can also do um, IDECO, which is like a which is similar to the US four hundred one k, and that um, I, I can do about. 600 bucks a month or something because i'm um, self-employed but i think if you're an employee it's, it's capped at 200 dollars or something a month i think the whole living in japan definitely complicates this it's yeah. like well how do i approach a 401k if a 401k is only for stateside yeah exactly i think in your case it's it's more complicated for me as a japanese so I guess yeah, I, I guess it's fairly easy, but but yeah, I, I think if you're especially if you don't have a permanent residence or something, then I think that complicates things. Because let, let's say you decide to move back to the US in in 15 years, and hmm. like I, I don't even know how it works. Like you probably have to transfer the pen if it, if it's like IDECO, then you probably can transfer the pension over to the United States or something. I don't know. I think tra- uh, pension transferring definitely I think works, uh, but also like if you're buying like a target date fund, like who do you go to? Do you go through Japanese for or do you go through an American firm? Yeah, I, I don't know how that works because I believe if you're living here, you probably need an account here. Yeah. And then when you move to the U.S. long term, then you just have to sell everything you have here and buy it again in the U.S., mm. which, which of course means you lose money both on the on the um, on the exchange rate conversion, but also on any any fees if there's any, and also um, just on the fact that you have to be out of the market for for a couple of days at least, probably. Yeah. And if like <laughs> if it goes up for up five percent or something within those couple of days, which is which is not um, impossible. Yeah. Then you also lose that growth. I believe there's a Japanese phrase for this. And I think it's it goes like a little like menokse. Yeah, exactly. It's like, dear lord, I don't want to do this. Yeah. Well, well, that's uh, that's been my march. Uh, it's definitely a good book. I would definitely recommend. Ramit Sethi's "I Will Teach You to Be Rich." Yeah, I haven't read that, but I've, I've listened to some podcasts with him, and I, I think he's got some good um, thoughts. I feel like you probably know already most of what he has to say. It's like automating your finances, knocking out your debt, renegotiating where you will make your biggest wins, like renegotiating down credit card fees, banking fees, or even like moving away from banks that charge you just to have a um, uh, checking account. Yeah. And I know I made that mistake in the past, but my, my only way around it was instead of closing up my checking account, I just, I just decided to save more and earn more. (laughs) So it would, I wouldn't reach the minimum limit. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's things like that. I think, uh, I think it definitely simplifies finance for people that are trying to avoid finance. Yeah, I think I think that's yeah. I think a lot of the stuff that that he talks about in the book is pretty um, pretty basic, pretty entry level stuff. But at the same time, like the the one thing I really like about Ramit Sethi is that he's the he's the uh, he's the latte guy, right? He's like everybody tells you to save four dollars on latte and um, and and you become rich that way. Yeah. Whereas I, I pretty much agree with him. I'm like, all right, so so what's latte? Four dollars. Even if you have it every day for for a month, it's like 120 bucks. And I believe you're much better off trying to earn those 120 bucks in a different way rather than trying hard not to not to have the latte, right? Yeah, it's, it's like uh, it, if we were to look at it from our website perspective, it would be like, hey. I have these two pages. One of these pages has like 10 people, receives, you know, 10 visits a month. The other one visits a million visits, gets a a million visits a month. So let me take a look at how I can improve this 10 visits a month page, which is like you're you're pinching, you're like diddling around with pennies. You're much better off um, doing something where you'll get much more greater returns instead of, you know, trying to save on coffee. 
see where else you can save but bigger like you know what's your biggest bill yeah, that you have to pay then you focus on that exactly. or where can you, yeah exactly but even then I, I i still believe that most people have an income problem and not an expense problem hmm. so like rather than try, i mean of course it's important to try to cut down your expenses but you can always cut down your expenses so much versus with income the upside is i guess in theory at least unlimited yeah um and um yeah and, and that's why i think like trying to save 100 bucks on latte per month is that doesn't make much sense unless um yeah of course if you're not saving if you're saving zero every month and you're spending hundred dollars a month on coffee mm. th- then you're probably doing something wrong but like if you manage to save a few hundred bucks and then you spend like fifty dollars on coffee each month then who cares yeah well, it's like yeah it's just the ask the matter of asking um the bigger dollar questions instead of saving four bucks a day what what else can you do that'll gain you like twenty thousand or thirty thousand bucks and that's where he recommends you know aiming for things where it comes down to let's say car purchase or house purchase where you can renegotiate and that'll save you ten thousand dollars or five thousand dollars or going you know as far as renegotiating your salary and that'll give you what a twenty thousand dollar bump or something yeah exactly over time and and again it's spending 150 dollars a month on coffee a lot it's it, it probably is it is a fair amount, but at the same time, again, if, if you're if you're making a fairly decent amount, then then it shouldn't be killing you, and it shouldn't be hurtful. It, it's more, I, I guess it's more about the discipline of not mm. only spending the money on coffee and everything else, but also setting money aside yeah. and, and investing. In. I think if it's hurtful, if if um you're at that point where spending 150 bucks a month is on coffee is hurtful then I think you got bigger issues to fry. You yeah, know? But, yeah, but in that case, I would also argue that your first <laughs> issue yeah. to fry is actually getting coffee for 10 cents instead of $4. Because yeah. again, if, if you have nothing left at the end of the month, then $150 is, is a lot. Yeah. If, if you manage to save thousands or, or hundreds and, and you spend 50 or 100 bucks on coffee or tea or whatever at Starbucks or, or, or wherever that might be, then good for you. Yeah. Well, if, uh, if this kind of talk interests you, do check out the book, I Will Teach You To Be Rich. Again, we're not paid for this plug, but we enjoy the stuff that we read. Yeah, we, we should do an episode on personal finance. It's something I'm yeah. pretty passionate about. All right. Uh, have you been reading anything this past month? No, as, as I was mentioning, I'm, I'm really behind on my books, but but I should I should read them. I still have my Rockefeller biography here that I've been <laughs> talking about for the last two months or three months or, 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 or half a year yeah. and a bunch of other books that I'm in the middle of reading. So I promise I will bring right. some book report by... By next month, let's say. <laughs> All right. That's, uh, we'll uh, include it in your goals. Yeah, we can count this as one of my goals. So if your girlfriend asks you, why are you up so late reading? It's like, I have to finish this. Yeah. I have a book report due. Yeah. Otherwise, Yuri's going to get angry. <laughs> And no, not only me, our, you know, our listeners. Yeah. Someone's going to leave a one-star review on iTunes saying, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. He talks about side hustles and he can't even read a freaking book. Yeah. So, you know, got to gotta hit those goals. Exactly. So talk, talking about goals, um, what do you plan to do in April? Uh, well, both of us know what we're going to do in May, right? Yeah, we're going to set extra hard goals. Yeah. So knowing that, <laughs> I'm not going to try and kill myself in April. <laughs> I'm going to continue um, six posts, two for, the, for my main site. No, not two. Two for my new site, four for my main site. Uh, I'll make, I'll add it to second goal. Like again, for, for the second goal, get a t-shirt sale or, or at least some uptick on the stats. 
because it's like zero. Yeah, so so we can also have it as at least ten click throughs to the to the sales page. Yeah, it's probably more likely. I think it's fairly feasible. I just yeah. haven't. I just didn't apply any time and thought to it. Usually, when you start applying time and thought to things, that's when you start coming up with good answers. <laughs> but if you haven't done anything, I didn't do much of that this past month. Yeah. And this third goal is a uh, create a new lead magnet for the main site. So just to get my email marketing back on track. Nice. And I've been, this is one of these goals that I've been like having on my nice to haves that I've never done actually. Yeah. I mean, I had something in the back, but it wasn't as good. So I wanted to improve it. Yeah. So that's the goal for come up with something better that for people to opt into my email list. And obviously that requires more thought. Like I just can't give away a free PDF. There has to have some sort of substantial thought behind it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, like it's funny, the more content I pump out and just looking back at things, um, it sounds obvious, <laughs> you know, any, anyone that thinks through this or hears this will be like, yeah, that sounds pretty obvious to me, <laughs> but it really rings in the in my head is like when it's honestly, when something's honestly useful, then whoever's coming across your website or side hustle, whatever, they'll be like, oh, that was really good. You know, yeah. part of my approach in like getting content out as fast as possible means I will cookie cut in some areas, yeah. which uh, are good for speed, bad for quality. But yeah. in the places where I've seen results and, you know, like just more revenue or more commissions or just a lot more comments on a certain page on the site is where I put in a lot of work and it has like a solid idea behind it. And I think also with the email lead magnet that I did in the past, I, I just threw something up just yeah. to get something up. But it's, you know, this, these little quick and dirty hack approaches, they work sometimes, but they don't work all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it's always a balance. And, and again, like, for example, with building sites, I think it's, a lot of speed in the beginning and then kind of going back and, and fixing things yeah. because again, like the, the time that, that a page is up is, is almost as relevant. I feel as the, as the quality of the page, as long as the page is good enough, of course. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's always balancing those two. Remember I talked, I mentioned in the past, like the idea, the ability to have two contradicting thoughts in your head and to balance them out. Yeah. Like, in the case of um, side hustle and just popping out ideas into the world, you know, the sooner you b do it, the better. But of course, you um, undercut quality when that happens. But you have to understand the importance of speed. But then, of course, you also have to come back and improve quality later. So it's like you're kind of trying to juggle both of these opposing thoughts in your head at the same time. Yeah. Both of them are right, but not always. Yeah, and it's exactly. up to you to figure out when is the time to do what. Yeah, absolutely. What about you? Yeah, so um, in my case... Um, I guess there's two to kind of keep the pace. One is to continue posting consistently nine times per week across the three um, sites that I'm trying to grow now. Um, that, that should be no problem now that I have that, um, that extra, extra writer. And um, the other one is to post one article on KN Aviation. So I've seen some slight uptick in traffic on my aviation site. So I'd like to start putting a bit more time into it just because it's a hobby and I really enjoy it. And, and I've kind of been slacking on it for the last year because of, I, I guess it's an excuse, but because of coronavirus. Um, so, so I'd kind of like to start reviving that side a bit. Do you know why you have an uptick? Um, I just assume it's more people flying. Okay. Um, and then the third one is um, I promised internal linking within my two smaller sites last month. Um, I didn't hit that, so I'll, I'll roll it over into this month. Mm -hmm. um, and one that I kind of, as I was mentioning before, I think I'm, I'd like to do every month at least one thing that kind of builds the system rather than just creates more work for me. Um, and I think this month, th that goal is to, like last month, it was, last month it was finding a new writer. 
Um, mm-hmm. I think this month the goal is to have my main writer also start working on creating briefs for both for himself, for the articles that he writes, but also for other writers so that he can kind of take that off my plate. Will he do the keyword research too? No, the keyword research for now, I want to I wanna keep for myself because I feel like this is one of the advantages, the competitive advantages that, that I have right now. Okay. Um, but gradually, perhaps, um, at, at least maybe in the sense that um, I kind of come up with the key topic and then he researches the, the topics around it or, or, or some sort of way in which um, I could still keep kind of the direction of the content under my control, but I wouldn't have to do so much of the nitty gritty um, diving into different keywords within the cluster and so on. Yeah. But, but but for now, that's fine. It takes me a couple hours a week, if, if that much, and I kind of enjoy it. So okay. so, so that's good. And then my last goal for, for the month is, um, as I was kind of teasing this episode and also the episode before, I think, um, I'm planning to start a new site within the next few months. Um, it, it's going to be in the pet niche, like a specific type of pet. Um, okay. Like a lizard? Not a lizard, but um, it, it's, a, it's a pretty common pet, but, but maybe, um, m- maybe a slightly unusual angle. Um, and this month I want to finish the keyword research or the initial keyword research for that. So between 100 and 150 articles that I could post on the site, just have the list of them and then create briefs for at least the first 25 of those so that I can kind of kick the project along mm-hmm. and launch the site within, within a couple months. But, um, yeah, yeah, I'm excited about this one because compared to my other sites, the, the niche is, I guess, relatively smaller or relatively more defined because, as you know, my, most of my sites are very, very broad in their, at least in their branding and in their kind of, in their scope, in, in the topics that they cover. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, th- this one will be very, very specific. So, so I'm excited to see um, what or whether any um, results this new approach yields. Do you expect a lot? Do you have any expectations for this? I don't know. I, I think it would be nice if the site makes, I don't know, a couple thousand dollars, three thousand dollars per month down the road eventually. Do you know when it'll go live? It's a good question. And that's something that uh, we might have to discuss in May. But yeah, hopefully by the end of June or, or so. Um, I'd like to post the first 40 or 50 articles at least at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah. Is there any reason out of curiosity why you would want to do that? Post 30 or 50 at the same time? Not really, just so that I can kind of do all the internal internal linking at the same time and, and stuff like that. But but not, not really. Um, j- just just to have a bunch of content for Google to start kind of crawling um, and, and indexing. And yeah, and, and from there, perhaps a few articles a week for a while to, to grow. Cause I, yeah, because I was wondering, like, it could be the difference of you launching the site now and posting, say, an article a week or so or however long it would take you or saving up those articles and posting it all in June up front. Yeah, the, so, yeah I think the, the other thing is I want to be sure that there's actually 100 articles that, that I want to post on the site that I find those keywords and, and plan out those articles because just so that I'm not left with like a half-finished site. Okay. I said that it's, it's not a good topic, like 20 articles in or something. Okay, all right. I guess that sounds good. It's a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot of work, but got the hustle, right? Exactly. Got a side hustle. Final question. Any books? For April. Any nights to have goals? All right. Let's say as a nice to have goal, I'm going to read, I'm going to finish reading the um, the business adventures on Wall Street or whatever the name is. I don't even remember the name anymore. <laughs> the book that I started reading recently. Okay. And the uh, Rockefeller book? Yeah, I'll start chopping away on that, but I can't promise I'll finish it. <laughs> It sounds like you're, you know, it's funny. You were so excited about that book. Uh, I know. And I feel like it's it's become too heavy and too much to do. Yeah, it's, I, I don't know. It's like, it was really exciting. But then again, it's like 800 pages or 600 pages or something. Hmm. And at some point I just stopped. Um, it, I think it's more about the ha- more about habits than, than about being excited or not. 
Yeah. I fell out of the habit and I'll just have to rebuild it. I feel like whenever you get excited about something, it's cool and all, but, um, you know, you're more, I don't know if you're more likely to mess things up, but I feel like I've gotten more things done when I wasn't excited. <laughs> like I, the reason why I say this and the reason why I just, I bring it up is that I have a very similar example of you in the Rockefeller book. It happened with me. Um, if you know the author Robert Green, he had the books Forty Eight Laws of Power, Mastery. Oh yeah, you were mentioning that one. And, and some other ones. And like I, I like those books. You know, it was they were fun reads. So when he was coming out with another book called like, I don't know, Laws of Human Nature or something, yeah. I was like, Hell yeah, I wanna get that. <laughs> you know, like I pre ordered it and just waiting and just telling everyone how excited I am. And then it got, you know, and then it came. It was pretty big. And I was like, all right, let's do this. And of course, you know, I, I, that book sits somewhere in my shelf. I never finished it. <laughs> well, I, I think there's value in even just buying the book and having it on the shelf. So. Yeah, I guess I'll come back to it. Uh, I What I am doing currently also um, while working or while, like when I have free time or when I have free ears and free mind space, I have, uh, I bought the audiobook of Mastery again, by Robert Greene that I listened to. It's quite nice. Just to, Basically, it's like on how various people, say Albert Einstein, Mozart, uh, Charles Darwin, Henry Ford, people like that, just like really like top figures in their fields. Yeah. And how they came about reaching their level of uh, expertise. Yeah. But I don't know if he's, you know, it's, it's debatable whether they follow these exact processes, but he like outlined how they, you know, what their life path was like and how they ended up um, becoming good at whatever they were doing. Yeah. Which is kind of fun to read. I already read it a while ago, but you know, with me, it's like I have to read things more, more than once for them to get into my head. Yeah. So I'm re-listening it to it now, and it's quite fun. Nice. All right. So we set our goals. Anything else? Uh, not really. I think this is a lighter, lighter goals episode because of the of the expected um May mayhem, right? May? May. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, because of the expected May um stretch goals that we're that we're gonna do. Yeah. So, all right. Any final words of wisdom for today? No, I, I guess. Um, yeah. Let, let's go back to uh, to the coffee. Uh, if, if you're managing to save at least a few hundred bucks a month, then don't worry about spending a hundred bucks on coffee. But if you're not, and if, if you're not saving anything and you're spending hundred bucks on coffee, then then it's probably time to rethink what you're doing. All right. That's a interesting, wise thought to leave it on. This has been the Side Hustles and Stuff podcast, episode 43. If you do want to start your own side hustle, check out the show notes. Check out Bluehost, where you can buy your own.com and launch your project out into the world. The website makes it real, and Bluehost gives you that website. So again, check out the show notes, sidehustlesandstuff.com forward slash E43. Click on Bluehost link, and you'll learn all about it there. And uh, I think that's it for today. Awesome. Talk to you next week. Talk to you next week. And possibly blooper time. Yeah, I think we had some. <laughs> and cut. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Side Hustles and Stuff podcast, episode 43. My name is Yuri, and I'm joined by... Is your mic okay? Is, is, yeah. it, it sounds kind of weird. How, how so? Oh, no, it sounds better. Let me do it again. <clears throat> Ready? Yep. Wait, what was the issue? Oh, I don't know. Now, now there was the issue too. It's it's kind of like I, I can't explain it, but it, it it's really bad quality. Really? Are you maybe too close to the mic? Or I'm right in front of the mic. I'm like a fist length away from the mic. Maybe the mic is too loud. Set to too loud. Um, let me drop the gain because I did I did put it up as I was talking. How about now? Yeah, now it's much. Okay, well, then it was the gain. Yeah. All right, ready? Yep. Oh! <laughs> We'll keep this in the blooper. <laughs> <laughs> I, I forgot.
I, I guess I shaked it unintentionally, and then it almost <laughs> nice spilled out. Well, almost as long as it's not completely spilled out. Wait, wait. Uh, let me go. <laughs> let me go to the bathroom real quick. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So, so I hope this person serves. So again, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted to sneeze, but I couldn't. Oh. <laughs> again. So I'm re-listening. Again, I'm re-listening to... Oh, Jesus freaking Christ. It's hard to talk at 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock at night. All right. And uh, any... Mo- blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Bro, things are just... Words don't come out. <laughs> Too late. <laughs>